Ten Drink Minimum is a proud member of the Barillas Podcasters Guild. I sold my soul to the bottle. Still none of my friends have left me yet. I'm the same man I was since the age of 13 And I've lived my life with no regrets If you're looking for some freedom All it takes is ten drinks minimum If you're looking for rhyme or reason No, it's the last party of the weekend. It's Sunday night. It's 6 o'clock. Well, a little after. Welcome to 10 Drink Minimum. I'm your host, Chris Burnett. Let me pull in the other two people. Let's see here. As always, James Smiley is here. Hello. Yeah. And also, Holly Ann Bird. Hello. Let me get all the, the branding going here. How are you guys doing this week? Uh, fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. Everybody's doing okay? I'm doing pretty good. Before we bring on our guest, we have a little bit of a shout out to do. Um, so this comes from, uh, well, I'll read it. Hi, all. I just wanted you all to know that I massively enjoy your podcast. So you have an international listenership. I'm in the UK, by the way. Truth or Consequence is a great place, and I rate their brewery. Uh, visited last year. Hopefully, I can come back uh, to New Mexico next year if traveling becomes a thing again. Keep on keeping on. Steve from the UK. Oh, hi, Steve. Right? That's nice. fun. Uh, I would say if you're listening to today's show, um, our, our the beer selection is probably a lukewarm um, PBR. <laughs> Just for our guest, I would say. Um, oh wow! Oh, I'm gonna bring him up. So here we go. For uh, so on today's show from uh, Denver, Colorado, we have musician, comedian, writer uh, J. Luke Schmaltz. Uh, he he actually uh, is the author of this book, uh, The Belcher, uh, Overserved Underdog. And <laughs> let me uh, unmute him here. Yeah. How's it going? Do you go? Do you go by Luke? Is that what you go by? Yeah, uh, a friend of mine started this Facebook page for me about ten years ago, and he mm -hmm. used my first initial in there, and I haven't figured out how to take it out yet. <laughs> in case there's another oh, wow. small out there, I've I've differentiated myself just that that one little bit with that one consonant. But uh, oh wow, I you know. Yeah, I go by Luke Schmaltz. They named me Joseph Luke to shut my grandpa up because he was all bent out of shape because my older brother was not named after him. So to shut the old bastard up, they named him. They named me Joseph Luke, but they all called me Luke because they didn't want to go with that in the first place, I guess. Oh, wow. Spite. Nice. Good old family spite. Good old <laughs> New Mexico family spite because I, I, I started in Gallup, actually. I was born in Gallup. Ooh. And then I grew up in Albuquerque. And uh, yeah, there's no place like it. I've been all over the U.S. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a certain charm 
there's a certain allure to Albuquerque. That's why, you know, we didn't get into it last week because I was trying to text too fast while you guys were talking. But when I, I was just back there to see my uncle off, to, he passed on to the glory. But uh, I went to to uh, to Blake's, man, and I just about just pulled over and wept because I couldn't wait to get back to, to the house to have a, a bite. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, they sold it. The the dad passed away. They yeah. sold it. And the the sadder thing is, is like, you know, you still have these New Mexicans that like like New Mexicans hang on to, to traditions even when they shouldn't. And they all say, like, you'll say what's the best hamburger place in town, and they'll scream Blake's at the at you know top of their lungs. And, you know, it's no longer owned by the same family. It's somebody completely different. And, you know, they cut corn. Doesn't taste the same. Yeah, they don't, they don't have the fresh beef that they would grow, you know, have a, a cattle out. The, because they, the, the Blake's. I'd rather go to Wendy's. The Blake's family had a, had a, a ranch and they had cattle. I did not know that. Because mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. same uncle that I was talking yeah. about just now, he tried to buy a franchise. He tried to yeah. open his. He worked at bcmc as an er doctor for for like 30 years and even though he and i were very very close he was also on the uh apd swat team oh (laughs) oh Oh, wow yeah yeah so uh so what made you made you leave albuquerque um let's see i graduated from sandia in um 1990 and at that point growing up in albuquerque in the 80s for a punk skate punk like me, the only thing to do was take drugs and destroy property. Yeah. Pre- preferably in Tanawan or Four Hills. <laughs> that's, and that's what we did. It didn't change lot, much. Lot of, yeah. Well, a lot of my friends were getting in increasingly uh, deeper waters of trouble with that kind of behavior. Yeah. And I realized, man, I, I should probably leave before I graduate to the next step of of being a, a young asshole because I I just turned 18. Now I can really get in trouble for this shit instead of just getting a slap on the wrist. I, I have the, I have the, there you go. I have the, that, that's just like the book we're about to talk about. Uh, I have a question about when people leave Albuquerque, I feel like there's always like this thing where they're like, I'm, I'm so glad to get out of here because of the, you know, I hate this place. And then pe- I feel like people leave and then they go, you know what? That place actually wasn't wasn't bad at all. It was actually great. And there's a lot of things you miss about it. Is that true? It's true because I went from Albuquerque to Southern California. I was trying to get residency to uh, go to college. Even though I had a scholarship at UNM, I went to mm-hmm. I went to UNM for a year. So I left in 91, actually. And I, I just shit on that and, and fucked it off because I was a, a, a starry-eyed dreamer kid who took too much LSD running around the desert and in the Sandia foothills. But um, I, I remember my first impression of Southern California was where's all the fucking freaks? Where, where's all the crazy people? Because I've, I've determined that there's more off kilter weirdos in Albuquerque per capita than like LA or New York city. Yeah. I tell my friend, I was like, if you're on the bus and someone's not screaming, you know then you're are you really on the bus here you know yeah yeah you're you're you might be like on the outskirts or or maybe it's on like a sunday 
Right. <laughs> Some random person just screaming like, ah, the government. There are some elements of that, but when I would tour with King Rat, uh, my punk band, and we would we would usually invariably our first or second stop would be Albuquerque. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. The guys would be, especially the first couple times. I, you know, first stop is Frontier, of course, and then yeah. we we'd find they haven't changed. Run. No. Yeah, we'd go to Launchpad or wherever the gig was. And uh, a little bit of poking around on Central is all. And then they'd look at me and go, oh, now we get why you're such a fucking freak. Because right. you came from this fucking place. <laughs> now, Albuquerque is that city where if you, if you walk around enough, you can go to other cities and you're not afraid of, of much. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. And I was. You know, I get homesick for, uh, for Albuquerque from time to time, and Denver was starting to look like like some of the poorer West Mesa neighborhoods I grew up in in the 1980s, mm-hmm. like some of the neighborhoods in Denver, just because the every every like a lot of the, pro- the landowners have sold out, property owners have sold out, everything's getting scraped, and they're putting up uh, poorly built apartments and stuff, uh, and yeah. the home situation is just unbearable down there so um you know if i was feeling too homesick for albuquerque i just walk around for a little while but i mean (laughs) i grew up getting in fights all the time especially being a shrimpy kid with a mohawk and a skateboard in the 1980s and you know on the west mesa northeast heights you know whatever so i mean walking around in california or even in the some of the crazier parts of denver i was like well, I mean, you know, if it get, if, if I get jumped, it won't be the first time. And I'm, <laughs> I, I started training in Albuquerque at the American Kempo Karate Academy. Uh, and, well, I was 13, so I'm no mathematician, but it's been it was quite a while. There was they had a bunch of locations all over the all over the place that kind of got uh, sequestered off into each each different owner of each different franchise and then they got absorbed by other schools or, or closed down. I'm not sure what happened to them all, but yeah, my original sensei still has a, 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 a school in Bosky farms. Well, I don't know if he does now, probably not after COVID, but yeah, uh, it was almost ne- necessary to learn to become proficient in fighting uh, in Albuquerque in the 1980s, especially if you were going to be, you know, walking around with a GBH shirt or an exploited <laughs> shirt and a red, white, blue mohawk and a, you know, a skateboard that says, you know, fuck the police on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny though now because you, you have to worry, you have to, you have to like watch who you get in a fight with here now because yeah. uh, yeah. there's so many MMA fighters here now. <laughs> you you just like, talk, yeah. that's good and bad. I think it's more good than bad because. Right. Most martial arts teach a bit of a moral code. Yeah. A bit of a moral code. Some of those guys are just fucking psychos. And they're yeah. this is just a waiting <laughs> station before they end up in prison for doing something crazy. Right. <laughs> hey, we have but, a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we have John Bones Jones here. He kind of, uh, he fluctuates back and forth from being. He's like, a wild card. That yeah, one. He's either oh, like yeah. a, a saint or the, you know. Uh, <laughs> It depends I mean, what his PR people have told him that week, I guess. Right. 
I don't know. Well, I didn't start I, drinking I yet, but I'm going to start digging in now since, you know, yeah. I do write for Modern Drunkard magazine, so I got to got to keep it real, right? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, you're also, uh, yeah, for 20 years, you've been a, a writer for Modern Drunkard magazine. Um, yeah, that's awesome. My yeah. life, man. That's awesome. So how did you get involved with that magazine? That's awesome. I was their first unsolicited ad, meaning they put out um, the first issue in 96, I believe. And it was uh, photocopied, stapled paper, but I yeah. loved it. I picked it up nice. in a bar in Denver. Yeah. And, I, and King Rat is one of our muses is, is – uh, it's party music. It's, yeah. you know, fuck you, stop crying, have a beer, you know, let's have, let's fucking, <laughs> let's let loose a little bit type music. You know, fist pumping. I've seen you guys play a couple times. Yeah. So I decided I needed to take out an ad in Modern Drunkard for my band. Oh, nice. And so the Frank, uh, we're very, very close friends now. Uh, he was a, an ex airborne ranger and he, and, uh, he goes, well, come over to the office and uh, we'll, we'll get you an ad worked out here. And I'm like, oh, I'm thinking office, right? Okay. So I, I go to this address and it's a house on Capitol Hill. And I'm like, this isn't a fucking office, man. This is an apartment building. Right. So I, I go in and there's beer cans everywhere, a keg over on its side, booze bottles all over the place. And I, I meet Frank and he's this really big dude who's been lifting weights since he was 18. And... uh so he sits me down and takes off his arm and just clears off this table of debris and we work out, work out the first ad. So I give him our upcoming dates and the corresponding venues. And then when the issue comes out a couple, like a month later, he had somehow juxtaposed or, or misaligned the, the, the venue with the date. So everything was jarbled oh. around and all fucked up. Oh, no. So... I call him like drunk out of my mind from a, a dive bar on Colfax Avenue, which is Denver's answer to Central Avenue. I'm sure you're and, pissed. Uh, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? God? He's like, hey, don't sweat the small stuff, man. Your next ad is free. And I was like, oh wow. I was expecting, I was expecting an argument. He just went and just deflected. And then I, then we just started hanging out. And uh, I started writing in 2002. And uh, I've done some, some of my better work has been published in that piece you know yeah because i can pitch him just about anything as long as it goes with as long as it aligns with drinking and getting drunk and not you know it's got to it's got to do those two things it's got to be about drinking getting drunk to entertain and educate so that's uh those are the parameters for for uh articles i thought i was i thought i sent you some of those chris but i guess i forgot so uh -huh. I, better, I better work on that no, that's cool, man. You send them to me. I've, I've heard of it. I've never actually seen an issue of it, but I've heard about it many, many times. You know, um, early on in this show, hi Debbie. I've been doing this show. Hey, uh, I've been doing this show for fourteen years, and so probably about ten years ago, I heard about it for the first time. And I think I was talking to someone at one point, but I don't remember. You know, a long time I, ago. I think some issues down to the launch pad, but it was in the early aughts because. Yeah, a good friend of mine was working there at the time, Michelle Arnold. Did, and you guys know her? Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we do actually. Yeah, well, she's not Doesn't with us anymore, as you, as you know. 
What's that? As you know, she's not with us anymore. Yeah. Michelle Arnold. That's oh, yeah, that's I, right. Okay. Yeah. I played her. Uh, I played her memorial. I wrote a, a song specifically for her, uh, and played it and kind of got a good chance to hang out with her sister and everything. Michelle was my first crush in high school when I was 14 years old. Wow. <laughs> but uh, anyway, she was working at the at the launch pad and briefly and a friend of mine was a traveling comedian he was also one of the writers for the magazine he called me from the launch pad and he goes yeah i'm, I'm sitting here with your prom date i'm like oh my fucking god because we went to winter ball together nice which is where the girl asked the guy yeah the girl asked the guy and you know of course michelle wore pants <laughs> so you had to wear a dress but, uh, no <laughs> yeah and uh so we we were sending issues down there for a while, but okay. that might be how you heard about it. Uh, yeah, no, I remember it was somewhere online. I'm actually about uh, two blocks from the launch pad right now. I'm sitting about two blocks away. Bucket A, man. Do you ever eat at a place called Cecilia's? No, oh. that's with E, right? What's that? C E C I L I A. Yeah, right. Very very hot red chili. Mm-hmm. I- but it, it, I don't know. Where is it exactly? It's about uh, two blocks east of the launch pad on 6th Street. Okay. And uh, very hot red chili. <laughs> or sometimes not. It's, it's... Or, yeah. Or, yeah, sometimes not. Yeah, her, her big thing is, is her red chili may be, may be eatable or it might be melt your face off. You don't know. Yeah. And that she, she, she takes pride in that. Yeah. It's like it's a box of chocolates type chili. You never know what yeah. you're going to get, right? Right. Well, you know. It's like I mean, a surprise every time. You know how that is. It's, it's, you know, it's New Mexico. We have food like that all over the place. That's so, how you know uh, they make it fresh every day, though, is if yeah. it's different every time you go. Yeah, you she, know it's fresh every day. Yeah. So let's talk about this book. So I've been reading it. And the way I can describe it is is the adult version of the garbage pail kids. <laughs> like that's the way, <laughs> that's the way I feel about it. Um, I, I've never heard that before. So I'm going to jot that down real fast. If, you know what I'm you, saying? Cause like yeah. it, it's it, this, I mean, you, you definitely like wrote this book from, you know, like a punk rock, gut, like a gutter punk kind of, you know, point of view. It's, it's, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. I know. <laughs> It's, it's 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 full of vomiting, uh, farting, all kinds of. I haven't gotten to like any any worse stuff, but like there's definitely. <laughs> where, where are I need to read this when you're done, Chris. Uh, just I mean I'm about probably a third of the way through. I'll um, send you one, Pollyanne. If you want, I can send you. I would love that. That'd be great. All right. Well, uh, get yeah. me on the on the shit book it's, and I'll, and send your address. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, it's, it's, it's like. Uh, Smiley, if you want one, I'll send you one, buddy. It, it, Hell yeah. It's one of those Everyone things. Else has where, to pay, though. Damn you, cheap yeah. bastard. <laughs> where can people, first of all, where can people buy this book at? You can get that at lukeschmaltz.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm running uh, holiday issues or holiday specials for uh, bulk discounts. So if yeah. you've got stockings, you need this stuff with something that, you know, there's something in that for everybody. People yeah. that drink whiskey, people who drink wine. People who drink beer, mm-hmm. uh, people who drink tequila. There's 
these characters have what I call Bane and it's explained yeah. in there. It's, it's, it's an acronym for biomotive anomalic neurochemical emanations. And that yeah. explains, I, I made up a whole detailed fake biology that explains why the Belcher's sonic uh, guttural blasts, why, why they are what they are and why yeah. it takes beer and not just uh, Coca-Cola or soda pop to, right. to catalyze and to activate his superpower. I would assume and then uh, there's I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Um, cricket cricket drinks tequila. She already has toxic spit. When she drinks tequila, it catalyzes her salivary glands, and she's able to blind people or uh, or burn closed certain orifices if if necessary. And then um, there's the wine, and he drinks wine, and and when he drinks too much, or when he starts getting over the that crux on wine that the tannins affect his vocal cords to where he can register super high pitched wines. Cause he's always crying about something. And so those high pitched <laughs> wines can be used to, to stop people because it's like, it's like ice picks going into your ears. And then there's a uh, red eye Robinson. And he, when he, when he drinks badger's breath, scotch, uh, it, it changes his vocal cords to where when he sings and he, he's a blues singer and he, he has these horribly heartbreaking songs about the hard life he's lived on the, on the shores of the Mississippi. And uh, when he sings in that register with that, with that certain kind of, of Badger's breath scotch, uh, it makes people weep uncontrollably. So there's these, these, these four people that, that their bane is activated by booze. And then there's Pablo Vasquez, who's actually based on on this guy, Denver Joe. Ah, uh, he's the marijuana guy, right? Yes, and his bane is activated yeah. by uh, smoking copious amounts of weed. And when he inhales, he speaks poetry in iambic pentam in iambic mm. pentameter, and it hypnotizes people briefly, so he can either pull off a stunt or a robbery or or whatever, whatever plot point I'm trying to uh, catapult the story through to get to the end. <laughs> yeah, that's why I it's, love it. It's like a superhero, a punk rock superhero story. Yes, if you, I like it. Because yeah. I they all comic books, you know, like yeah. I like DC and Marvel and Dark Horse and and Image and and all that, but it's getting so fucking uh, cheesy and so like just like light-handed they're put they put on kids gloves that are so soft and careful that nothing fucking cool happens anymore <laughs> at least as far as i'm concerned <laughs> <laughs> and i so was what... i was trying to write another book because i went to uh i went to our lady of fatima on lomas and morningside uh it's a catholic parish there went there i'm for a catholic years. school kid too yeah <laughs> Well, I was trying to write the oh, book called that. The Catholic, and uh, some some really bad shit happened to me in the in that parish. I was an altar boy, and so you know the, the worst things that can happen to a kid at the hands of a priest happened to me. And I was oh. trying to write that book, but I had not yet gotten the right help, so it, it was too fucking hard. I couldn't do it. 
I've since I've since been in group therapy to, to work through that. So I, I, the next one I'm going to write is going to be that one. But at the time, and this was over three years ago, I could not get to those scenes where the bad shit happened. It was making me fucking crazy. I couldn't, I couldn't write about it. It was too hard. And so I'm drinking beer with my sweet, sweet wife. And, uh, I let one fly that shook the rafters because I'm known for my belching prowess. <laughs> and she goes, she was like reading a magazine or something. And she goes, just kind of like flippantly, like, you know what? You should write a, a, a story about a superhero who uses supersonic belches to fight crime. And then she just goes back to what she's doing. I'm like, you said, you know what? what? I'm going to say, I'm gonna do- say that again. Say it again. Say it yeah. again. So I scribbled down what the premise. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna fucking write that damn thing. So that's uh, that's that that was the germ of how it all started. Wow. And so it, nice. What's that? He said nice. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I've mapped out a sequel because these characters, like these, there's a lot of these characters. There's a lot of um, momentum and velocity behind them that the stories can go on and on and on the ones that I didn't kill in the book. That is. (laughs) (laughs) So how hard, once you wrote the book, how hard was it to get it published? I mean, I saw that you have, you, you kind of have a publisher. I can't kind of, it's like mutiny books. Is that right? Yeah. Mutiny is a, is a, it's like the equivalent of mutiny press. um, Yeah. I'm trying to think of an Albuquerque equivalent. What was that place behind Frontier? Salt of the Earth or something like that? Or the- <laughs> it's not there now. So <laughs> Yeah. Sacred Patch or something like that. Anyways, um, it's a community. It's like what I call mutiny books in Denver is I call it the epicenter of cultural mojo. Ah. And my friends are the owners and they've been one of the partners was in, uh, he was a music promoter he owned a venue and he used to run the ogden and the bluebird theaters he's big theaters in town and so i've i've done dozens and dozens of gigs with the guy uh either as a promoter or the guy managing the night or both or whatever so when he got out of music he wised up like some people are known to do um (laughs) he started he, he started running this bookstore. And so I pitched him the idea when I was about halfway through. Uh, a publisher. And uh, he, he said, yeah. So basically they split the printing costs with me and they got half the run. And I got half the run. And so they're yeah. selling half retail at their location and they're opening a new location in um, Trinidad. Oh, and then I, I took the other half with me up to uh, Montana. I just moved here a couple months ago. Oh, so you live in Montana now? Yeah. It's, uh, well, I, I moved here to um, provide proximal love and support to my sweet, recently widowed mother. And so it's, uh, it's, been, a, it's been a fun year of, of, of death, believe me. It's been a, it's been a fucking hoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and there's a lot of reasons there because Denver was getting, Denver was just starting to suck, man. It was, it was just, uh, the, the soul of the city is kind of just slowly, you know, there are certain patches of okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is I it going to keep hearing COVID's that? Got, COVID's got part of it to do with it, but the other part is everybody has a price. You know, wow. like people that have owned property there for a long time, that have been landlords for a long time, they they get seduced by that money, and the next thing you know, out of state developers own everything, yep. and so everyone is getting priced out to throw a fresh coat of paint on an old building and then uh, double the rent and nobody can afford to live down in the fun spots anymore. No. Like the places where all the venues are and the art galleries and the little boutique shops and, you know, the people that don't adhere to the cubicle lifestyle. We're, we're about that that's, that's going to happen here soon. Yeah. yeah um, Next yeah. decade we'll, have yeah. that to look forward to. We have, I don't know this. We're about to be the North American, they're, they're making this the North American headquarters for Netflix. Albuquerque, yes, New I, Mexico. I, mm -hmm. I have a lot of actor friends uh, mm -hmm. from Denver that, not a lot, but several who've relocated down there. Well, you said Trinidad earlier. Trinidad seems to be the place where everybody, all the Denver comedians are all like moving from because of Wally yeah. Wallace, I assume. But Wally Wallace is saving them all. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that there's been a handful. And it, so there's like businesses from Denver and everything that are relocating to Trinidad. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. You, yeah they, well, Trinidad has kind of that old timey Colorado. <laughs> A turn of the previous century allure with the architecture yeah and but you got that small town feel and it's it's friendly to outside business and right. it, it feels the way denver especially the main two cultural arteries of denver which are broadway and colfax those streets used mm -hmm. to feel like like they were special and now they just feel like get out of our way we're, we're putting a new coat of paint on here and charging twice the rent. <laughs> uh, yeah. Trinidad has that, has that, that one of a kind allure. And, you know, I think what's happening in Trinidad is kind of like what's happening in, in places like Boise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I hope that thing doesn't happen to Albuquerque, you know, uh, I you would think that a place that, unique and that prone to harboring crazies is going to keep those foreign investors out. Well, you know, as well as we do when you bring in a, like, especially downtown, if you bring a franchise of anything here, we, we, don't support yeah. we say fuck <laughs> that. Like, um, there was a, you know, where, uh, Anodyne is, I'm sure yeah. you remember. So next door, they built this, uh, this, uh, this is an example they built this franchise um, Irish pub. Oh and yeah, <laughs> super nice. Like it, uh, really nice. They got they got hose, I bet, huh? It lasted three months, and I remember standing in line to get into Anodyne, and like I because it's because it was at capacity, and yeah, I'm standing out in the cold, freezing, while I'm staring in the door of that place, and they have <laughs> one table. <laughs> They only have one, one table in the whole place. And I'm like, and that's when I realized, I was like, we will stand out in the cold and freeze rather than go in and drink your, your Coors Lights and Bud Lights, folks. <laughs> that's cool, man. That's yeah. that kind of like, like <laughs> stubborn yeah. kind of, I wouldn't call it knucklehead loyalty because I'm, I have that too, but I'm a knucklehead. Yeah. So, but that's, that's <laughs> stubborn that's... kind of like, 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 
yeah. allegiance at all costs type of loyalty. They well, don't that really Blake place, you know, because most places people resist for a minute and you show them enough money and yeah. they're like, fuck it. I don't really have that much of an allegiance and, you know, allegiances aren't really that important to me. And, you know, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to take this and go get two cheeseburgers instead of one, you know, whatever. I mean, that's, yeah. I, I hate to like have a sweeping generalization about human nature uh, as a whole, but that's what that is. That's a sweeping generalization about yeah. human nature. <laughs> well, Albuquerque. Well, the, the, the nice thing about Albuquerque if you care about money, this is not really the place for you to be living. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> and and we like if, if someone builds something nice, we're kind of like, what's your angle? What's your deal here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we did a nice thing, and we thought it would be nice to be here, and we're like, uh, uh-uh. uh, I don't know what this is. We're like, what are you trying nice. to get? We don't like get it what out of here. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out what your deal is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that. I was uh, I made a snarky last week on the just texting in comments about uh, Joe Anderson. Uh, uh -oh. <laughs> we go way back, but we were in a yeah. band together in like 1989, I think. Oh, oh wow! Uh, no, very a band called Lumber. We didn't do anything. I think we played like one gig. Yeah, but I, I've known him since then, and I've seen him like ascend from this just nobody to this kind of kind of like. Like if you want to get anything done in Albuquerque, you got to talk to Joe type deal. Well, he, uh, you know, like, like Joe, like we're, we're friends, like so, but like I know him about as much as probably anybody knows him because you know Joe's super quiet, you know. Yeah. And yep. uh, we interviewed him on the show a couple, like you know, probably about a month ago, and <laughs> so many people, like it was weird, like people in the media were like, "Oh, whoa," because he won't do interviews, you know. <laughs> And it's not, you know, because he's just super introverted. And then we did a show and everybody was like, man, that was pretty vanilla. I really wanted you to ask him more hardcore stuff. And I'm like, yeah, he wouldn't let us. <laughs> we had to like, I had to write out the questions for him beforehand. And, um, you know, Plus he, also you don't want to make Joe Anderson uncomfortable or angry. No, <laughs> we cannot sorry. make Joe okay. mad. So, um, just so you know, like uh, downtown now, there's all the different venues that are down here. He owns Sunshine, um, Moonlight Lounge. Then he has a bar connected to it called Bar Uno. Then he has Launchpad. Then he's part owner in Inside Out and uh, El Rey. And the El Rey has a secret speakeasy downstairs and a liquor store. So the yeah, only and go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, and a, they also now bought Frontier or whatever that what what did that bar used to be called the Inside Out thing? Which one? I don't know. The huh? uh, oh, what did was, Inside Out used to be called? Golden West. Golden West. He, uh, Luke would probably know it as the Golden West. It was next door to El Rey. I know it as the Golden West. Yeah. Yeah. So when it when I moved here, it burned. I remember when it burned. And so the roof completely burned off of it. So rather than rebuild the roof, now it's a bar called Inside Out with no roof. <laughs> That's that Albuquerque. Albu shit right there, man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And it's Good the shit. best place to do comedy. I'll tell you right now. It's fun. Oh, yeah. Like, it's crazy. I got a story for you guys about the Sunshine Theater. Okay. In 1988, my friend Ian Parks 
his mother Martha got a a grant from the historical society uh, to to reopen it, and and yeah. so me and Ian and a bunch of a uh, bunch of our skate punk buddies went in there and pretty much gutted it. And the 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 band I was in at the time, our high school band, we used to practice upstairs in there uh, before it actually reopened. So it was it was like not open but under refurbishing, remodeling, construction uh, for about six months in 1988, at least six months. And it was basically us, a bunch of high school kids, not knowing what the fuck we were doing. The, this is the L.A.? We run the place at night, and that was back when we all discovered shrooms and LSD. So we used to have uh, crazy fucking candlelit costume parties in that place when it was by no means close to code. Which was uh, it was oh, a so like really good time. <laughs> yeah, probably like now. <laughs> no. And this was the L Ray. There's the sunshine. He said the, the sunshine. sunshine. Okay. The sunshine. Yeah, the sunshine theater. Good times, yeah. man. I remember whenever I first came here, it wasn't the Sunshine Theater. It was like some club, and I can't think of what the name of that club was. It's always been the sunshine. Yeah. yeah. But I can't remember either. It was well, it might have been the Sunshine Theater, but it wasn't like a music venue. It was a club club. Because I remember being in there and there was like people dancing. It was like dance party. This was like yeah. when did you move here? This was, that's not when I moved here. This is when I would come up and visit. This oh. was early two thousand. Okay. You know, this was like late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> so when the university draft house still existed and uh <laughs> um God, what was Banana Joe's was still there. Oh, Banana Joe's. All those fucking places. You know. Those are apartments. University now, right? It seems yeah. like it encourages underage drinking. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a that's a new it's the Asian noodle bar now. <laughs> okay. Didn't last that long. Yeah, it didn't last long. Only place I, still there is uh what used to be Sprockets, now it's uh Brickyard. Brickyard. Oh that yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always been there. Yeah. Pizza, a slice of pizza and a PBR, man. Did you guys ever go to Joe's? A Banana Joe's or Joe? Oh, Joe's? Hell yeah. Oh, Joe's? Yeah, you probably Joe's, Joe's. Ben Who? Ben Kennedy. Sounds very familiar. Bartender. Um, He's been instantly bartending at Joe's off and on for like 10 years at least. And you knew, then, then you knew, did you know Ken? Uh, no, I didn't. I met him once, but we, I didn't yeah. know him. Yeah. That whole thing, man. That was a terrible, I mean, you know, Ken, Ken, that was a terrible, uh, man. And, and, and it was one well, of those, one of those things where, you know, we already don't like the police here and now we really don't like the police, yeah. you know? Yeah. I guess the, the, uh, statute of limitations has, is I'm safe if I want to talk about my experiences with the Albuquerque Police Department. <laughs> oh. oh, see, I always think about but, uh, that too. <laughs> yeah, um, the night before I moved from my night before I moved to, uh, or like two nights before I moved to Southern California, it was like a, a, a last hurrah thing with my buddies, and so we okay. went around town. 
with a bottle of booze in, in, you know, we were just such slobs. It would be like Cuervo and, and Southern comfort and just like oh. switching them back and forth. But uh, oh. driving around, of course, you know, one of them is drinking a little bit less than the rest of us, but we're going to businesses with, with American flags and stealing when it was like a flag stealing stunt. And we, we kept getting away with it. We were going to like banks up and down central and San Mateo, uh, a couple schools, you know, my high school. And our last stop was uh, the Vietnam Memorial at uh, the, the airport. <laughs> and of course, you know, we're, we get inside the flagpoles with, with some tools we're shimmying down the flags you know and one guy goes to start the car we got a couple drunk girls with us that are crying asking us to stop doing this shit <laughs> and i come running over the hill with uh, a couple of flags and there's a, a bunch of cops with guns in my face and i'm like oh fuck man the jig is up and uh so we're kneeling down in the gravel handcuffed you know and they're they're not they're deciding what the fuck to do with us because we're all still pretty young. And uh, he goes, okay, so this is your car, right? You want to tell me what the fuck is going on here? And I said, yes, uh, well, <laughs> see, tomorrow I'm, I'm uh, going off to fight for my country in, in Operation Desert Storm. And I wanted to steal an American flag for all my buddies to have in case I don't make it home. And I said it with a fucking straight face and he fucking believed me and let us go. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty fucking, it was pretty incredible, man. And my friends are like, I can't fucking believe you just pulled that one out of your ass. But yeah, that was uh, some, some fast, some fast lying. Right. Like, uh, you know, compulsively lightning fast, compulsive uh, <laughs> yarn spinning to get out of a fucking jam with the cops. And that you was think that APD was one would be used to that, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, okay, you guys aren't, uh, you guys aren't lighting anything on fire, or you know, <laughs> anyone, so you know, yeah, shooting. But, we were, we I'm were pretty sure they we have different. Uh, Sorry, Four Hills, man. I don't know why we took it out on Four Hills so hard, but I mean, we were Four garage, Hills? Yeah, we were garage thieves. So we drive around that neighborhood at night looking for open garages and we just go in while the people are at home sleeping and fucking clean them out and then take everything wow. to the flea market the next day and make enough money to, you know, get guitars or new tires for our cars or whatever the fuck. That's not the flea market <laughs> I know. There's stolen stuff there? <laughs> no way. What? Oh my god, mind blown. <laughs> I always I always love whenever you talk about the flea market, someone always goes, that's a good place to get socks. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they do always say that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, what? Socks and fleas don't seem like they go in the same fucking, no. in the same shopping sentence. The last time I went to that flea market, man, I was there for like, I, not because of me, but I have a friend who's a thrifter and we were there for three fucking hours. <laughs> it's huge now. <laughs> Where it was. It's was still in the state fairgrounds, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's massive. Wow. That's big. It's 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 yeah, gotten you big. Lived until you've, you haven't lived until you've been up all night on LSD 
and then you load up the car with stolen shit and sell it at the flea market the next day while you're still coming down. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like what? I'm not so like that anymore, man. I've I've changed my ways. I realize there's a huge <laughs> price to pay for grand larceny, so no more yeah. of that shit. So you were the table of uh, rusty tools then, huh? <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> I could have said it better myself, man. <laughs> I always would sit there and be like, who the fuck was like, I'm going to pay for this booth and just sell rusty old shit tools. You know, <laughs> there's always those. Um, what is a place in Albuquerque that you miss like eating wise besides Blake's? Well, I brought up Mary and Tito's last time, mm. and that's that's definitely yeah one of them. Um, I mean, the Frontier, of course. Yeah, and it's it's more just the allure because we spent so many nights in there, camping out, drinking coffee, and just trying to stave off utter fucking boredom. And uh, so there's there's that. Um, Cocina de Carlos this isn't still up on Lomas and San Pedro, is it? I don't think so, no. Casita de Carlos, yeah, I don't was, think it is. That was a great one. Um, name some mainstays that are around there that that, that have been let's, there. Let's, for, uh, let's, let's Los Cuates. Lomas and San Mateo. Yeah. Where's Los Cuates? Um, I think it's, it's up there. It's, it's on... I, think, I, it's mean, on, I might be... Of Los Cuates, it's yeah, because still- they they're still there. They have uh, they have like their main location on one side of Lomas, and then they have a small location on the uh, north side of Lomas, mm-hmm. right there on Lomas and San Mateo. And they've been there for yeah. Okay, so I I think I had it wrong. I was thinking of Los Cuates, not Cocina yeah. de Carlos. Okay, what about uh, El Modelo? Mm. Don't I don't remember. Oh man, okay. Well, they're for catering. Well, they cater my uh, belly. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like they're not like a dine-in restaurant. Like you go in, they're not like a restaurant. No, of course you not. get like twenty tamales and and for your work or there's, right. there was your stomach. Dunos. remember yeah. that place? Oh, they're almost okay. So they all went under because mm-hmm. of embezzling money, and then some company came in and bought the name and then reopened them, and they're just awful they're right by the freeway and they're just uh it's like it's like as um fake mexican food as you can possibly get just terrible like one step away from tex-mex to be honest yeah um that's that's i'm trying to think what else would be uh something how long ago did you move away 91 what's that place on what's that place on gibson Cervantes. Cervantes. Oh, Cervantes. That's a good one. Did you ever eat I'm there? I'm partial to Sadie's personally. I like Cervantes. Is Sadie's apparently... down on uh, North Fourth Street? They yes. have one there, and they have yeah. one off the bank in the freeway now. But the original one is the best. The one off Fourth Street is the Agreed. best. Agreed. Yeah, my aunt. That's the one was for next to the bowling alley, right? Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, they said Loyola's in the chat. Oh, yeah. Loyola's was good. What about, I mean, you talked about Joe's. Joe's is still around. Joe's is probably probably still exactly the same. It has probably changed none. 
It's probably just a I little, time, you know, a little more rundown. My cousin. Yeah. Every time, almost every time. Oh, it looks like you froze. Who has worked there for many years, and it's always the same. It's kind of like someone yeah. just was kind of setting something up, and they just kind of like lost their concentration halfway through <laughs> yes yeah it's, that building, like, it's like it, it's the epitome of like um albuquerque building it's like where they probably mm-hmm. built the original building and then the next year they built a little more on then the next you know two years later they built some more and it just keeps going but i guarantee mm-hmm. you have the same furniture as when you left <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, i mean it's the the uh the layout was not all thought of and and erected at once, you know. No. It's it, it's an after the fact type thing. Like, oh shit, maybe we should have put a bar in here before we put the booths in, or something. Right. <laughs> I, I agree. Maybe uh, this bathroom shouldn't be in a closet. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love I love that bar because you, like, you. Yeah, when you're in that bathroom. The, there's the locks always broken, so when you're mm-hmm. peeing, you have to put your foot against the door so nobody opens it, or not. <laughs> yeah, like whatever, or not. You know, I, I always opt for or not. You know. Yeah. Um. So you live in Montana now. Have you have you uh, ever drank uh, Montucky cold snacks? Yeah. Um. I would get those if. I think when they first put those on the market, they weren't. They weren't flying off the shelves like somebody in their marketing department thought they were going to. Yeah. So for a while, they were super cheap. So oh. when they were, when it was really cheap, I would drink those. When they became kind of like hip and crafty, yeah. Even though it's the same beer, um, not not as much, but they had a bunch of those for sale at the gas station when we went in last night. Yeah. But they were loose cans of Montau on this table so obviously somebody had a spillage incident and so they've been rolling around on the back of a stockroom floor and I, I opted to get something that was in a box wow. <laughs> i was up in durango with smiley and uh, we went to this place and i was like hey do you guys have pbr and she's like and the guy was like no and i was like ah and he goes this is like pbr and we bought uh, an 18 pack, and I think we went back. I I love it. I think it's fantastic. And we went back and got more. <laughs> yeah, I like that beer, but they don't sell it here. Okay, I don't think it's like PBR, but I mean, I don't know. It it kind of is, I suppose. It's not, but yeah. I mean, but like the no, guy was like, no Quasimodo gold, you know. All right. Yeah. So in the in your book, yeah, the beer is called Quasimodo gold. Is that really a beer? Or you just came up with that idea. No, it's it's a it's a reference to Victor Hugo to Quasimodo, ah, the hunchback yeah. of Notre Dame. Yeah, well, that's but the name of the beer the, the doctor drinks in the book. It's called the Quasimodo Quasimodo Gold. <laughs> yeah, there 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 is like some Michelob Ultra Gold that I've discovered. That's it's not Quasimodo Gold because it's not you know super high octane alcohol, but. Right. Uh, you know, I just hope I don't get sued by Dago Red. I, I didn't know that that was an actual product because that was my dad's oh. slang for for cheap red wine. Cheap Italian okay. red wine was Dago Red. But it, him and his buddies used to drink. 
Um, so, wow. So, <laughs> that, that's what the uh, wine on drinks, Dago Red. And, yeah. Uh, each, and Cricket drinks Granny Slapper tequila because my dad used to say, tequila, that shit will make you slap your grandma. <laughs> yeah, I, I just heard the so New Mexico these, right, the right there. They're like... <laughs> Illusions are homages to my dad. His name was Paul, but most of his friends were uh, Mexican or Hispanic, so they called him Pablo. And ah, it's he's a character between uh, my dad and Denver Joe. Joe's last name was Vasquez, and my dad's name was Pablo. So, as a composite character, it's Pablo Vasquez. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And neither of them are with us anymore. So I, I oh. got I got it out just in time to show my dad before he checked out uh, oh. uh, ah. a year ago, week. Wow. So uh, I got one version of the, the book out. It wasn't the final version, but it was he, – he, This is we're talking about a, a, a rodeo rider who grew up in Gallup, New Mexico. Uh, so <laughs> there's not <laughs> a lot that's going to, like, offend the guy, but – <laughs> he gave it a read. He goes, he goes, geez, son, pretty rough. <laughs> I knew I was on the right track because I didn't want to write something that's like, you know, soft-handed and kind of like <laughs> full of platitude and like easy situations because that's no fucking fun. No. There's plenty of that. <laughs> just turn on the TV and everything is just like, you know, in, in a fluffy padded little package so that no one's offended and this is not yeah. built to offend you know my own minorities or people of color or people of any sort of persuasion that's not uh white american male it's not to to uh discount diversity in a way it, it celebrates diversity in fact there's a a character named knockers and her real name is elsa but her, her nick her street name is knockers because she has she's very well endowed and her her breasts her cleavage specifically emanates uh large amounts of female pheromones they're so powerful they make guys stupid because all of their brain flows out all of their blood flows out of their brain into their crotch and so they she's able to stupefy men into being just kind of like in a in a dull moment, and then she pulls out. Yeah. This is not a superpower. Knocks them up and takes their shit. So that's her street, her kind of street thief superpower. Yeah, but uh, that's, that's my kind that's of hero. Largely based on. Yeah, there's there's you know there's a gal a rogues gallery of bad guys, and then kind of like a ragtag misfits gallery of good guys and so it's yeah. like all all of the superheroes and super villains that that like coolness forgot <laughs> um so we we we're kind of at our midpoint um so we usually take a break right now and then we go into what we call our our wavy hour or our billy hour would you like to stick around for that hour and and hang out with us absolutely man i would love to so what, what we're going to Go ahead and uh, tell everybody like where they can find all of your information, where they can buy the book, where they can do that right now. So go ahead. You can get the Belcher at Luke Schmaltz. 
lukeschmaltz.com. L-U-K-E-S-C-H-M-A-L-T-Z. And the upper right-hand corner, there's a menu bar, and the drop-down will give you um, ways you can get the book, where the ebook is. The audio book is coming out um, in two mm-hmm. weeks, and that's narrated by me. And then there's also links to uh, free audiobook chapters. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 are up uh, free links audiobooks on lukeschmaltz.com. Nice. Uh, awesome. And where can they find your music at? You actually, like, I listened to your music. You sent me a couple CDs and then a 45. And uh, I'm, a, you know, it reminds me a little bit of like Bad Religion. That's because, and I love Bad Religion. So I, yeah, I dug that. Yeah. Do you have you heard um, that before? I, I put it on the website because, yeah, we've got, we get a lot of uh, Pennywise, Bad Religion, uh, okay. Super Suckers kind of yeah, yeah. comparisons, which is not bad. No, if people compare no. you compare you to like like some shitty band no one's ever heard of. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah, like the child from my like that. Town. If... <laughs> so uh um awesome. So yeah, so definitely check out the book. I've been I'm I've been reading it. Um and and it's it's definitely one it, you know, I like I like superheroes and you know, I like the punk rock scene. Um, I, you know, I live, you know, like two blocks from central, like from the launch pad, it's kind of up my alley. So it's definitely, you know, this book is not for everybody, <laughs> you know, I would not tell my mom to read this for sure. <laughs> I thought she'd love it. Uh, no, <laughs> no, nah. but, uh, that's a good thing though, that, you know, there should be stuff out. You shouldn't have to write stuff for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's no, like for me, you can't, you can't be all things, all people. Man. No. Like Garth Ennis, you know, if you ever read and Preacher, yeah, be all you know, people, but... I, mean, I was really shocked when they... for, for people. This it's written for people that are are definitely resonate with that Albuquerque freak friendly yeah. mindset, you know. Yeah. Yes. And okay. and I'm you know I'm I'm proudly I'll proudly claim my heritage. And I, I plan to go back uh, intermittently. Um, the one time I took my wife there it was for Michelle Arnold's uh, memorial. Oh. And we're driving around in the middle of the day. And uh, it's, in, it's in July or June. Or it's in the middle of summer. It's hot as fuck down there. And no one's out. It's deserted. And my wife was like, what the fuck is this place? <laughs> Does anybody even live here? It's like it's deserted. <laughs> and then someone walked out Until of nowhere. Night, someone walked out of nowhere and asked her for change. <laughs> like, you didn't even know where they came from. Uh, I have a so good story you, about it. Coming. You can take a, should I shut up so you can take a break? Yeah. Uh, Holly Ann, what do you have to uh, promote? Uh, I don't have any comedy to promote right now because COVID has ruined 2020, but right. I did start making art. So if you want to check out my resin art, you can uh, find me on Etsy and you can find my art on Instagram. Uh, it's at Holly's underscore tiny things. Um, yeah. And that's all I have going on right now. When you say you make resin art, it may, I always think you're like making bongs and stuff. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's totally what I'm doing. I mean... Yeah, I wish that's what I was doing, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you? Uh, hey, I have one question for Luke, real quick. Is your music on CD Baby by any chance? Yeah, you can get it on CD Baby, uh, Bandcamp, and Spotify. 
I was going to play it at the break, but if it's on CD, we have baby, 11 out. yeah, I was going to play uh, some of the 11 music. Yeah. I was going to play it at the break, but yeah, CD baby. No, well, I can't. CD baby throws a fit. <laughs> Cause they okay, partly on um, try Spotify or Bandcamp. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with that. If it's up on CD baby, they have it pulled. So, Oh, actually, no, I, I discontinued my CD Baby account because they were pulling that oh, fucking good. shit with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's Bandcamp band and, and Spotify because CD oh. Baby was claiming to, like, have copyright over over my stuff. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> That's no, no, no. Fuck yeah. you guys. So, uh, I, have a CD, I, have, I have one of your CDs queued up, and I'll play music from that. Uh, James, what do you have to promote? <clears throat> uh well, uh, just as per usual, you can uh, see me on uh, both seasons of Midnight Texas. It's streaming on Hulu or on the NBC app or on Netflix. You can see me in the background on Daybreak. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, check out the Brells Podcasters Guild.com. Um, if you're looking to start a podcast, we have started a, a group here in Albuquerque that we can help foster that um, desire. Um, also I am on another show now. Um, I will be on the first episode in January. It's called what's up ABQ. The very last episode of season two is the, where they interview me and announce my arrival as the new co-host. So go check that out. <clears throat> Other than that, we'll come back probably about, let's do seven fifteen. Let's not do a full 10 minutes. Uh, we'll come back about 7.15. But uh, definitely, uh, I, 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 I okay, say fun to the book, The Belcher. Um, but uh, we'll be back about 7.15 here uh, with uh, J. Luke Schmaltz for the Wavy Billy Hour. Um, we Should definitely I try to log in through the other way? If you can, yeah. Maybe so. It might be better. Um, but, uh, yeah, we definitely we, – we have to do our show here every Sunday night from 6 to 8 p.m., uh is our website we have all the cool social media and uh we definitely drink whenever we uh talk to j luke schmaltz and you should as well but always remember never get too drunk to jerk and drink nice <laughs> do you like food i mean like really like food i know i do this is matt the fat guy behind the fat guy eats podcast i started this podcast because i love food and that's what fat guy eats is all about why we eat it the artists that create and serve it the politics and social practices surrounding it and so much more i'm going to talk with some great people along the way and we'll probably enjoy some fantastic meals together too and don't forget to follow along on instagram by following at fat guy eats nm that's at fat guy eats nm Oh, welcome back. We are here live. It is the Billy Wavy Hour. Um, it's the last party of the weekend. It's 10 drink minimum. <clears throat> live in the living color from downtown. Let me pull everybody back in. Still have with us uh, author of the book, The Belcher from Modern Drunkard Magazine, J. Luke Schmaltz. Say hello, Luke. Can you hear us? Can you hear me, Luke? Yes. Yes, I can. Hello? Okay. Thanks for having me back on the second uh, second half, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, and with this uh, Holly and that music, man. 
Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Holly Ann Bird is here. Oh, makes me miss the makes me miss it. Hello. <laughs> and Smiley. He doesn't like it when I call him James. Right. <laughs> so Holly. Hey. And, well, because right. no one's going to know who you're so, talking like for, about. So, like for Luke, for the second hour, it's just kind of a a free for all. We used to just do a one hour show, and it just kept getting longer and longer. So we made it two hours. In our second hour, you watched the show a little bit, but our second hour is just a free for all. We just do whatever the fuck. This is this is the drunken meandering hour. <clears throat> so Holly, Ann, you, said, you said you wanted to talk about something. You had something you wanted to bring up. Oh my god. Okay. So uh, earlier this week, I heard about something that sounded hilarious and okay. kfc partnered with lifetime oh yeah to make a lifetime movie yeah i saw called this. recipe for seduction <laughs> and, and mario, star? Lopez, yeah. mario lopez played colonel sanders and it's like 15 minutes long right it was 15 minutes long and Did my favorite line from the my favorite line from the whole thing was "Secrets out, Chicken Man," <laughs> and also the guy calls Colonel Sanders a crouton, and he says, "Beat it, crouton!" And then Colonel Sanders says, "Don't call me crouton." Anyway, so now I call everybody crouton uh, in my home. Uh, but I forced I forced Hamster to watch it with me today, and he told me it was the longest fifteen minutes of his life. Really? Um, I thought it looks fantastic. It, was, uh, it looks it, was, it it was fantastically bad. Um but better be. uh, I just want to know what kind of capitalism hell happened in that pitch room that they're like, "Okay, hear me out, guys. Uh we're going to partner with KFC. We're going to make Mario Lopez, Colonel Sanders. Uh the it'll make the housewives want the chicken." I mean, I only saw two pieces of chicken in the whole thing. I don't know. It was all right, all right. It was I, horribly awesome. Is this is this before he's a colonel? Because he doesn't look like a colonel there. Is he just no, Marlon it's, Sanders? It's Harlan Sanders. It's like Harlan, Harlan. Sorry, Harlan. <laughs> I, I thought and it's and, it's like modern day. I don't know. It's very the plot is very confusing. As it should be. <laughs> I, I have. Did it make you want to have chicken? Right. No. <laughs> oh, I saw this preview, and the first thing I thought was, "Is this is fake? It's not real." And then yes. when I found out it was real, like KFC's cred went up, in my opinion. <laughs> I got excited. I was like, "What? Amazing!" <laughs> like I don't. I hate Lifetime. I'm not a big fan of KFC. <laughs> I was like, "You do a fake show where Colonel Sanders is a love interest, and it's yeah. Mario Lopez." I'm like. Yeah, Kinda and they try to murder him, and he has the secret recipe written on a recipe card that literally just says "secret recipe." Um, uh, but you can watch it free. Well, I mean, it, uh, is, it is. It is very spicy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. wow. Check this out. I Check think this. They should out. call it KPC spicy. Yes. What if yeah. you? What if you made a show, and it uh -huh. happened? all of the characters from like fast food places. Like it was like the King <laughs> from Burger King, the Colonel, Wendy, Wendy was there. Um, I would make it like big brother, but with all the characters. No. And you know what, you know, who would be the villains, Ronald McDonald and his gang 
and it'd be like Grimace and fucking <laughs> the Fry Guys. They would all like ride around on motorcycles and shit and be the bad guys. Yeah, we used to have like uh, something on Comedy Central was a bunch of uh, cartoon like trademark characters, and they yeah. had them in a Big Brother sort of house drawn together. Oh, drawn, drawn together. Yeah. Yep. I um, didn't. I've never seen that, but I'm gonna watch okay, it now. So you just described something I've already seen. <laughs> well. It's called Drawn Together. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, making fun of, uh, oh, that's uh, the the milk cow, Daisy the milk cow, right? Is that is that correct? Oh. Is that yeah. Paul Simon? Oh, shit, yeah. Crapton Crunch, dude. You could do a cereal one. <laughs> shit, yeah. Crapton Crunch? Crapton. <laughs> Captain Crunch, dude. Have One of my favorite this, this cereals. Who's that? Is who's above Captain Crunch on your leg? It's Bill Hicks. Uh, oh, okay. No so Luke, Luke, Luke Schmaltz for the podcast listeners is showing us uh, his tattoos on his leg, and he has uh, Bill Hicks and uh, Captain Crunch. <laughs> I love that. Bill Hicks well, Bill, is my favorite. Hicks had. Bill Hicks had a a bit called United States of Advertising. Yeah. And my tattooer and I, who he's, we're disgustingly close friends. Like we're very, very close. <laughs> if uh, we decided it would be funny to do a bunch of like advertising icons in color, and then a portrait of Bill Hicks in black and white to mm. juxtapose our I love comics. that. Yeah. That might be my favorite tattoo I've ever seen. And nobody fucking talked me out of it. And he didn't. I was like, no, we're doing this, man. Yeah. And, you know, we started that 20 years ago. And <laughs> the ink holds up well when I'm not like falling asleep next to uh, space heaters in freezing ass uh, cheap apartment Denver. Yeah. And burning <laughs> my leg off. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know why. Anyways, sorry. I just fucking blurted that one in. But um Advertising. I, I think I think a good name for that show would be Icon Vomit. Yeah. Possible. Icon I have a I have a, a good Albuquerque story from last night. Oh really? Or from, sorry, from, from from Friday night. Do tell. What's that? Do tell. So Friday night, uh so one of my friends, so they do a thing here at Launchpad during Christmas. It's called Tom Waits for Christmas, and yeah. one of our old oh, co-hosts. In, in 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 one of our old co-hosts, he would take it as the musician Tom Waits, and then for Christmas, like comma for Christmas. But the actual thing is, is the guy the guy putting it on. His name is Barney. He's a he's he's the Booker. He plays a character named Tom, and he's waiting for Christmas. So Billy would always. <laughs> take it wrong and he would do tom wait covers and he was the only one anyway this year they're doing, it, they're doing it completely virtual and so one of my friends is is doing it and she was like you know you have a drone she's like you have a drone and you have a gopro can you help me film the music video to send to them for the tom waits for christmas virtual and i'm like yeah absolutely so we go up into not, uh, the university area to Brickyard, and it's not – we didn't like the lighting. Yeah, there you go. Tom Waits, the picture. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice. And so 
they finally decide like so it's her and her boyfriend dancing in like in her, and then the, the guy playing guitar in this video that they want me to film so we decide to go to old town where the gazebo is and we film around the gazebo flying a drone and then they're like well let's go over by the big christmas tree in old town and i'm like okay so we're over like we've kind of like commandeered the little fountain area right next to the big christmas tree in old town and and i've talked to a security guard and they they gave me the okay to fly my drone next to the christmas tree like basically they didn't give a shit right so uh-huh. yeah they're like i was like can i fly um, we're we're filming over here is that okay and they're like i don't know i, I, I have no idea <laughs> and i was like are you are you okay with it and they're like sure like that's how they answered. So then I was like, and I'm gonna fly a drone. If it hits anything, it'll break. It's not gonna break, whatever. Is that okay? Sure. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. So I fly the drone, I film this beautiful shot of like the city where I, I fly up to the star on top of the tree, and then I start like you can see the city in the background, and I float down and I turn and then I stopped. And then, and then from then I switched to a GoPro and I have a GoPro on like a stick and I'm going to film my friends, you know, sit, all of them sitting on the stairs and one's playing the guitar and the other two get up and they're going to start dancing and I'm filming and people are like, they, you know, they, they've caught on and they're like, you know, they've, they've kind of like moved out of the way for us and done all this, you know, really awesome stuff. And I'm moving around the fountain and I'm filming them all of a sudden <laughs> this homeless guy just uh, cuts right into the screen walks up to me while i'm filming like i have a camera in my hand he's like you got any pennies Penny? not not change pennies and i'm like no i, I have no pennies oh okay and i was like we're, we're filming and then he walks, in, he walks over to my friend ian who's strumming guitar playing while we're filming and he's like hey man do you have any 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 pennies and my friend ian's like stops turns to him and he's like I, I do. I'll give them to you here in a second. Let us film. And he goes, well, I need the pennies now. I got to go get some coffee. And like, just, and, and he's like, well, we're filming <laughs> Step over to the side. And so we filmed and we did a one take and we kept it. Like we left the guy in the scene and he, he just, you know, he, he just gave no fucks. Like, he's like, I don't care if you're filming. I need some pennies, asshole. I need 40 cents <laughs> coffee, you know? <laughs> it was just like did, I, I just wonder if he like because these people right here I should talk to them the guy filming and the guy playing the guitar that's being filmed they probably are ready for me to talk to them you know and it was such an Albuquerque thing to me I just laughed that is, that is the most <laughs> Albuquerque thing I've ever heard in my life I've oh, never also, well go ahead oh, sorry uh, the other Albuquerque is thing that happened this week was a stupid monolith yeah oh yeah <laughs> sorry so i have been obsessed with this because i think conspiracy theories are sometimes entertaining sometimes you know they might be real yeah. it depends on what it is but this monolith i got really invested in because it's basically an artist or a group of artists basically trolling everybody and i am here for it mm -hmm. and um so the monolith was here for like was... less than a day <laughs> and then it, and got, it got vandalized destroyed yeah. <laughs> have you seen this stuff luke where there's these monoliths popping up all over the place yeah my my joke is you know i wanted one for my dildo collection but my proctologist said no fucking way 
My favorite. Uh, so my favorite one, and I had to send this All to right, my lady. Friend, so she, my favorite. My favorite. Who's behind that? You guys know TJ. Who? Who? TJ Mead. No. Maybe I don't know, but I know it. I heard. Huh. Yeah, he's, he says he knows he's behind the local uh, monolith, monolith installations. Ah, so he said. No. Um, my favorite, my favorite joke about it, and I had to send this to my lady friend because she's from Las Cruces. They're like, a monolith popped up in Las Cruces, and it's just a a sheet of corrugated metal. <laughs> 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 I was like, that's so fucked up, but awesome. <laughs> well, that would be a good Albuquerque thing, you know, like a monolith pop, pops up somewhere in like Corrales, and then somebody just kind of like builds a lean to onto it and starts selling fruit out of it. <laughs> there you go. Well, they so so one popped up here and it lasted a day and it got vandalized. <laughs> How well, did it get all- vandalized? Yeah. It got, it, got, it got, uh, it got, it uh, got a group of people went out and they tagged it all up. Well, I feel and like there was, there was a few groups of people. I think there was like the people who were afraid it's actually aliens. And then there was the people who just said, fuck this shit. And then there was the people who just wanted to like tag it or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I found that's just what happens in Albuquerque. <laughs> what about the group of people that took it down and took that's photos that's of Albuquerque it? mindset, you know, like, some some news coming up, so fuck you. You know, yeah. don't give, don't put new shit in our fucking Duke City, man. No. Well, it, yeah, it was Duke like City, but it's for strangers called the Nuke City. Oh man. <laughs> we don't like stuff, man. We don't like nice things for sure. It's weird. The We're only thing is that if you come to this state, we yeah. have the plague and the hantavirus. We're like, stay out. We won't even accept it. Okay, so we got a triple A baseball yeah. team. It's worth the most in all of AAA, and people still won't accept the name. They're like, yo, man, when are the Dukes coming back, bro? <laughs> I mean, it's never. Reminds me now, of back when Martinez Town Park. We would watch the yeah. Dukes play. Dukes, it, bro. Man. What's so, up, bud? The one thing here that was like new and it worked is the, is the New Mexico United. Oh, shit. Yeah. That is like, like gangbusters, like crazy, like the soccer team. Our soccer, the soccer. Well, they also team, let us throw empty beer cans at people when we're mad, so that's uh, why we like it. They didn't. I don't like know if they let us. No, they got. Well, they didn't up. let us, but also they were like, "Well, you know, we have a very passionate culture." Oh, I gotta tell. <laughs> we gotta tell Luke that story. So we have a we have a, a USL soccer team here called the United, and it's it's huge. It's a huge success. Um, yeah. They sell out every game. Um, anyway, Portland came to play, and one of the Portland players um, scored a goal, and he ran over to the the crowd and like kind of like taunted, and they just showered beer on him. <laughs> yeah, overpriced beer, beer at that. Beer, cans, beer bottles, everything. <laughs> and then everybody was like, "I'm shocked." I was like, "Really? You're shocked? This is Albuquerque." I was not shocked. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I went to one of the few high school games I ever went to 
was um, Sandia versus Valley. Okay. Oh, I had friends in both high schools. One of the, one of the few punk rockers of our, our peppered little community back in the 80s. And uh, the, the assholes on the Sandia side, they started throwing tortillas. I was about to say the valley side, like frisbing yep. tortillas at them, like as mm-hmm. like kind of like a racial. Here's your fucking <laughs> yep. Mexican food. You know we are fucking cheeseburgers over here. We have circular. We have food on circular bread too, but it's you know it's the different kind. Yeah. And I've never seen <laughs> such a fucking. They did that. Teacher clearing fucking brawl in my life, man. <laughs> yeah. I, they I'm did that when I was in high school was, too. Was, yeah. That's never changed. I've heard school? that. What high school did you go to, Holly Ann? Uh, I went to La Cueva. Rich kid. Oh, not rich kid. <laughs> My parents just, you know, got a good deal on a weird house. And, you know, I ended up in that school district. And I was in the marching band. And we hated it when that would happen because we're like, but we're friends with the other marching band. Like, why are you throwing tortillas at them? And then the marching bands would end up huddled together, afraid of what is about to happen. First of all, (laughs) nerd. (laughs) (laughs) No, second of all, she went to to La Cueva Mall. I did. And you could tell that it was supposed to be a mall. I heard that you guys had like a food court, like Taco Bell and stuff. No. We did have Dion's pizza. You could buy Dion's slices of pizza. Oh, man. And we had a nice smoking section for those of us that smoked. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? High school okay. smoking section. I don't think it was like an that's official be, smoking like, section, to be fair. I <laughs> There was just always a cloud of smoke where my friends were all hanging out. <laughs> He's talking about throwing tortillas and bench clearing brawls. You're I'm like, gonna, well, yeah, I'm gonna do an, an EP of music to, to accompany my next novel about Albuquerque, and yeah. the EP of music is gonna call, be called High School Smoking Section. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's a good. That's a good that's name. That's where you went to get, to get drugs to make peace between yeah. all the different cliques. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. To get drugs and and to get stolen stolen test results. And so also the, the, and. That's where I would drink all day. <laughs> yeah, and you would go there if you were in the journalism, which you probably were, or <laughs> photography, if you wanted to get people to pose for shots or mm-hmm. give you some kind of human interest story about the neighborhood or about society that you're not going to get from a bunch of the rest of the fucking squares. Yeah. Yeah. High school smoking section. Nice. <laughs> so, when did the Sandia uh, tramway be- not become the world's longest? That's what I want to know. I don't know. Because that was is like last year. Trap thing for years. Is it no longer? Where's the biggest one now? Uh, it just got finished last year. Oh, mm-hmm. right. um, Steve O came back into town though and did a, a big project over COVID, and then he did a handstand. He did a thing where he did a handstand while he was riding up or down on the tram. One of them. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was wow. up on the roof. He was oh, up on yeah. the, roof, the roof of it doing a handstand. And oh I'm my like, god! Sounds cool. There, he said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right? for people that, yeah, 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 that's right. 
Yeah, for people who he uh, dropped out of high school to go to Barnum and Bailey's clown school. That's right, and he lived here. Yeah, but for people who like saw that video and they were like, "Yeah, big deal, dude." That tram, man, right, when you're running on it. Here. Yeah, when you're wow, he's he's had the ten drink minimum. Um, when you're riding in that tram inside, it sways like a motherfucker. Especially, yeah, I can't imagine being on top. Especially when it goes over the pillars it like mm -hmm. trust me i've been hung over on it or if there's any wind <laughs> whatsoever yeah oh dude you've been hung over on that fucking tram yeah. a sustained gust where you're just like sideways for five yeah. minutes straight so my parents, this? my parents came to town and they're like let's go to the tram and it was like early in the morning and i was super hung over and we got on it. It would like go over those big pillars and sway. The whole thing would sway. And it's a nice, long, slow sway. <laughs> and my stomach would just start turning. But it was funny because we get to the top and we watch, you know, look off the side for a while. Got a, I think we got a drink or something or ate something at that high finance restaurant that was high there. High finance. Yeah. Let's get like a nice stiff martini or Manhattan. Yeah. It's not there anymore, but there's, something, there's a new restaurant there. Anyway, we're on our way down, and when you're riding that big tram on the way down, as you're coming down, there's one coming up, you know, just to not waste any time. Yeah. So, oh, wow, you broke your chair. So, <laughs> oh, your chair completely broke. So, we're riding down, and I'm with my mom and my dad. They don't make them like they used to, man. Shit, no. You can kill a vampire with that. So, we're riding down <laughs> in, in the tram. Hold on a second. Okay. Um, and so as we're riding down in the tram, like I'm like right on the glass and, and, you know, looking down and my dad's like flip off the other car and I'm like, <laughs> all right, so I'm like this and I'm just throwing the finger at the other car and my mom turns and she's like, Christopher. And I was like, what? He told me to do it. And my dad's just laughing as I'm flipping off the other cars are coming up and she's like, they're going to be upset. I was like, yeah, but they can't do anything about it. They're going up and we're going down. Oh my god! Yeah, dude, your dad's hilarious. <laughs> He's just like flip off the other car, and I'm all, yeah. I've been telling you know, the, I told my my lady friend about the the hot dog incident in Alma. Oh yeah, hey, let's go out to White Sands because <laughs> I want a hot dog. Yeah. So, <laughs> so my dad, so my parents, you what's that? No, I have not. That's my first time there. Ever. You LSD oh. at White Sands? No. So here's here's what happened. So my parents live in Cloudcroft now. They've bought a house there. And so James and I went there for Thanksgiving. And my dad spends like the day, whole day before talking to James about this restaurant, this fast food place in Almogordo called Cleachies. And they make great milkshakes and they have hot dogs. And he can't stop talking about the hot dogs. My dad really likes hot dogs. So then the next day, my dad out of nowhere, he's like, White Sands. He's like, when was the last time you were at White Sands? I was like, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And then he tell, looks at James and he's like, you? And James is like, I've never been to White Sands. And my dad's like, oh, let's go to White Sands. Let's take James. And I'm like, okay, cool. Super random. This is the day after Thanksgiving, Super right? Super random. So then we leave at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The sun goes down at like 5, 5.30, you know? We're driving in Almogordo. My dad's like, well, we should probably stop and get something to drink uh, for the trip there, right? And I'm like, okay. And we just keep passing gas stations. And then we pull into the Kalichi place. And he's like, uh, you guys also hungry? I could eat a hot dog myself. 
and so we buy so we, we end up all getting hot dogs and then we're driving to out to, to white sands and as we're closing in on white sands my dad's like oh do you think it costs money to get in because if it costs money let's just turn around and i was like what the fuck so then it dawned on me this was all to get the hot dogs you know, this is a whole fucking, you know, how to do to get the, the hot dog, you know? I figured that out, too. And then and then we get up there, <laughs> like $25 a car to get into White Sands. But my dad's a, a disabled veteran, so we get in for free. And he's and then he, then he was really proud of him. He's like, see, I got my ways. And I'm like, what the fuck is that about? You know, you just wanted a hot dog, motherfucker. Just If he would have told James and I, let's drive into Almogordo and I'll get a hot dog, we would have been like, okay. <laughs> you know, I don't know, there was like this whole deception of going to White Sands. It just made me laugh. Dude, he sold me with the strawberry malts. I was like, heck yeah. yeah. Strawberry malt. Let's go oh, get yeah. one. And we get there and there's a huge line of cars. And my dad never like he's one of those impatient people. If there's a line somewhere, he's like, oh, we're not eating there. You know, and we waited in line like he like he really wanted that hot dog. It just made me laugh. And all, all he would have had to have said is let's just go get a hot dog. And I'd have been totally into it. <laughs> but luckily i got to go to white sands for the first time did. that place is trippy as hell yeah Nothing i can't your brain wants you is to that, see that, that that's caliber the caliber of old-time blakes though yeah it was good it's a it's a it, local place it's a new mexican place it's only in las cruces and el Magordo. it was definitely great it was great okay. like i it like was really good yeah next time so I go it's, down, got, it's, it's on the level yeah yeah, it's I had a strawberry malt so and a, and a crop dog. Freaky. Why, why, why do you say it's freaky? Oh, what? White Sands? No, uh, white okay, Sands? I thought you were talking about El No, white no, no. Sands. He's talking about White Sands. Sorry, he was I was talking, talking about White Sands. Yeah, how like when you go to White Sands, it's. I told him, I was like, I was like, take your sunglasses. I was like, because it's like snow. <laughs> and nothing in your yeah, brain. It's really weird, man. Yeah. Tells I you that it's it. not snow. Go there. You don't really need LSD to be to, to no. feel like you're on another planet. There, all you need is right. a bit of imagination. But you know, we were we were teenagers growing up in Albuquerque, bored out of fucking minds. So of course we take road trips down there. Yeah, and you know, see that sounds great. <laughs> I was, can't imagine one of the fucking great. greatest times. Man. <laughs> that would have been a trip. Like I mean. Just even mushrooms there would have been it weird. It would have made more sense if I was yeah, on we drugs. Were, we were asked, man. We like to grind for the. We we wanted to. We wanted to feel like the peak. Like DMT is a bit of a. It's just like the fast food of a fine dining of of psychedelic trips, you know. Because DMT, you just get st straight to. The, the eloquence of the beautiful taste of of the crescendo of a beautiful meal. Whereas LSD, you go, you have the rising action, the peak, mm -hmm. and then a very long demand, depending on what kind of shit you're getting. Yeah. Oh, for sure. When you spin that in White Sands, it was it was you know we were smart enough to bring water, but we went on a full moon. Oh, so it was, oh, it was like the whole thing was illuminated. <laughs> And everything was glowing. So it was uh, it was one of those finely engineered things we pulled off because we started. Yeah. We got See, that, good at that. That sounds amazing. For 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 uh, 
for acid trips, LSD trips, uh, mushroom trips, we would set and setting was so important because, you know, you don't want to do acid in the, in the waiting room of, of uh, the police station. No. <laughs> I bet. Oh, no. Which we, we did before as well. Oh, God. Well, one of our got arrested. Hunter, did you start it there or were you peaking there? Say, say that again, Luke. You guys were talking at the same time. Sorry, I think my phone's on a delay here. I'm so sorry, ah. you guys. This is like That's pissing okay. me off because I'm trying to be part of the conversation. And no, I got you. getting in late. So, uh, well, we we were all me and some of my main friends going up in Albuquerque. We were we're all in jail peeking on LSD one night because one of our friends got arrested while we were gallivanting around, running around fucking naked and stuff. So we decided to go down and pick him up from jail while we're both we're all still peeking. Oh God! And that was one of the well, yeah, because that makes sense. But what's that? I He's said because that guy. makes Does that it, makes we didn't sense. Want to leave him in there. Yeah, well, it was like it was back when you're if your friend got arrested for some kind of like misdemeanor and just mouth off to the cops, they take him down, book him, process him, and let him out the same night. And we're all still, we know he's on that trip. We're like, we can't leave him in there alone. No way. So we went all, me and three other dudes went into the APD police station downtown and waited for him to get processed. All just sitting there holding on with, with our fingernails. Like, yeah, we're like laughing amongst ourselves. And when we got him out, he almost like got on his knees and wept. It was awesome. So it was it was like a bonding friend moment, and it was kind of a cool. It was still a cool trip. It wasn't the great set and setting, but at least we have pre qual. We're all pre qualified because we could handle our shit. <laughs> what uh, I have it a question. One of those talks off the ledge nights. It was like get somebody back onto the ledge nights. Yeah. I have, a, I have a question for Luke about Albuquerque in those days. So you said you moved here. You moved away in 91, correct? Yes. So what was the, what was the, the, the main big drug of choice in Albuquerque? In the mm-hmm. days? Pot. Well, really? no, actually, no, it was, it was booze, man. Yeah. Interesting. There was, you could get, you could get shrooms and you could get um, acid, but mainly it was pot because that was illicit. But the biggest drug was alcohol. Still is. Wow. Mm. The lure of alcohol really is. Interesting. I wouldn't say it's the biggest one now. Alcohol. I'd say it's probably Coke. <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah, it's Coke here. Yeah. Back, okay. then, but back then, it was... You're talking was about like, 91. There, was, there, no, was, no. Like, there were certain kind of timings of this illicit cocaine thing going on. Yeah. But I was definitely afraid of it. Even though I was fucking popping LSD caps like they were fucking chiclets. <laughs> what about... So... Yeah, see- I was going to say, because I was selling acid back in the early 90s here, and there there was a huge, like, uh, uh, like 
acid ketamine and uh, uh, E. That's what you. That's yeah, there's. I just sit in the court. Kind of a nice menu. There was the club drugs there. Well, uh, we had like the the pulse and stuff was big back then. Well, Beyond Ordinary was downtown and Banana Joe's. Uh, no, that was in the nineties, dude. Oh, was beyond was... ordinary. BL, yeah. I opened up for the fucking Lemonheads there in fucking 1989. Ooh, Evan Dando. That's where I, that's where I used to sell acid. <laughs> and Banana Joe's was there in the 90s. I went to Banana Joe's in the 90s. Later, like in the later 90s. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's where uh, Duel used to be over by Launchpad. So another question is: So what was the music scene like? What was the what was oh, the man. predominant music? Was, uh, you know, it was like dirt, dirt, dirthead metal, and oi, like uh, Nazi skin, oi, punk, and then a little bit of punk rock. But there was this weird fucking Nazi skin contingent in Albuquerque in the eighties. Yeah, and, you know, the strange thing about it was. Half of them were Hispanic, and they were Hispanic. I've heard, I've heard all these. Yeah. And I, you know, I had to tame with those motherfuckers because I was in the punk scene, and if you don't stand up for yourself, you're gonna get fucking smashed. <laughs> yeah, like they, so yeah, like it was like very Nazi strange. Dudes, yeah, like the Nazi dudes were just like like belligerent and would fight and like do crazy shit. I've heard those stories, and like there's a there's this woman that I know, and she she's like I think they're married now. And everybody was like, uh, what was his name? Like Sabar or something like that. And people were like, yeah, he was that real. Bar. What Sabar. That yeah. That. And they were like, people were like, that dude yeah, was that guy's still a fucking legend, man. Yeah. And the, like, I've in heard, the 80s, we were all scared of that guy. Yeah. I've heard stories about that guy. And I've, I've met him. And I was like, I met him before I knew anything yeah. about him. And I was, like, I was like, he seems nice. <laughs> And they were like, uh, no. I think even my dad has stories about him. Yeah, there were, there were, um, okay, there were, there were Steve and Dave Yoon, and they, they were uh, Asian dudes, and they were skins, and they were prone to very fucking psychotic behavior, sometimes weird, sometimes not. So, and then there was the nunneries, and those guys were definitely Anglos, and they were definitely prone to racist Nazi behavior. And then there was the Sabar contingency where I think Sabar was Samoan. Or yeah, he, like that. He's, I don't, yeah you know. he's definitely not white. Yeah. And then there was uh, the, 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 the Hispanic contingency of the skin movement or the skin scene. And they seemed to kind of like intertwine with whatever was happening. Some of them seemed Nazis, and some of them were sharps. It was just a weird. It was a weird kind of oh, like shit, the sharps. I forgot about of, that scene. Of weird, yeah. of weird skinhead fas fascism going on. Whether you're if you're sharp, then there's still a code that you gotta you gotta wear the uniform. If you don't have the uniform, then fuck you. And you know the docks and the flight jacket and the rolled up jeans and the all that. I mean, this is an unfortunate look. For a guy who grew up not liking skinheads, this is fucking 
uh, irony laughing at me <laughs> because the last thing I ever wanted to be was a fucking skinhead. <laughs> but if I don't shave my head, I look like a guy who just came out of a burning fucking church <laughs> holding like orphans like help me please pony boy <laughs> well i would hear so i would hear stories that like if you came downtown i mean that was something you had to deal with like it was there like they were a part of downtown they were here yeah and we, it's, we knew we knew that i mean it's we not now we did it anyways because there's no other scene yeah no, probably not. No, it's all gone. It was it was it was very weird. It was just removed. Fuck, man. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but the skin the skinhead movement, the punk rock movement in the eighties was immediately there was it was an immediate dichotomy between punk rock and oi, and then between the oi people, then you had to decide if you were a Nazi skin or a sharp skin. So it was this clicky, bitchy little gossip circle. Oh. And we were a bunch of teenagers. We didn't fucking know. All we knew was that, that we didn't want to be fucking football players. Yeah. Very interesting, man. And then there was mods too, right? Like there was the mods. Or was that later on? I have a great memory of um, being in the frontier in the middle of the night. And these dudes in trench coats. I had a video camera in uh, 1989, 1990, 1991. I was videotaping everything going on. And uh, these guys would inadvertently have the same script. They would just come up in their trench coats and say, we are the mods, we are the mods, we are the, we are the, we are the mods, we are the mods, we are the mods, we are the, we are the, we are the mods. And then just go walking off with no explanation. And that, that was to me like that's just a, that's a normal Thursday afternoon at the frontier. Oh yeah. Well, like the frontier used to have like the, the metal detector. It was twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. And definitely not that now. Yeah. No, definitely not. I remember when I first moved here, they they were like, We're getting rid of the metal detector and we're gonna go we're not gonna be twenty four hours anymore and we were like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That was a big thing. That, that, place. that only sucked for me because I, I'd finally gotten a place to live. Yeah. And that was like a that was my go-to place to spend the night. The frontier? Well, yeah, it's open all the time. As long as you nurse something the whole time you're there and steal other people's tortillas that they don't eat, you're good to go. They got the bum stew right there. They got free stew and free tortillas. You just stay yeah. there all night long. Yeah. <laughs> what you guys, you called it hobo stew? Bum stew, yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. 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 Yeah, man. You know, there's there's still mad there's there's a lot of magic in that place. Um a lot of it's by the river. You guys ever run around down by the river? Oh yeah. I was Not down there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. The Bosque. I was down there um a couple weeks ago actually. Uh we did a we we went down walking yeah. by the river. It's actually right now one of the probably the most popular places in Albuquerque because of the COVID. You know, you can't go out, so you go down to the river and you you know you hike and ride ride a bike and you know it's great. It's fantastic. You know, um, you know, yeah, you, you, you know that's the weird thing about Albuquerque, and uh, we try not to talk good about it on here so people don't move here. 
we don't want to paint the picture that we have them, you know, cause like, cause we have the, the beautiful mountain, you know, we have the mountains, we have the mountains, we have the river, we have all that, but then there's the car fires and the medical waste yeah. and the blood puddles, the needles everywhere. I can't walk down the yeah, street without well, some not, psycho not, mad dogging me. Yeah. <laughs> what was that, Luke? It might be me. What was that, Luke? No, <laughs> okay. I think I called it last time. I called it Blood, Pu Blood Puddle USA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the, the, With the blood puddles everywhere. It's crazy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, people spontaneously you don't have to get combust, an against all the pathogens. You don't have to get an against those pathogens in those blood puddles. Right. After you after you get so drunk, you've fallen into them enough times, then you just you just gain immunity. Yeah. But you can't get it by moving there because <laughs> these blood puddles are uh, sanctioned <laughs> sanctioned by longtime <laughs> residents, longtime residents only. As <laughs> I, was, I was doing that, like people are like, not inoculating vats of antibacterial uh, well, what is the word <laughs> vaccines? Yeah, and uh, and that's all you that's all you could know about Albuquerque. It's not that great, man. That's why I moved away to get it back on the narrative. Like, don't fucking move here, don't if move here if you're not tough as fucking. If you can't handle getting your ass fucking jumped by a couple right. of fucking loonies, then then don't think you're gonna get the gentrified experience that you're gonna get in Denver or yeah. in like Tucson or in the Boise yeah. or any of the other places that are, are doing that movement. Because in the DNA of Albuquerque is some fucking really hardcore fucking psychosis. And that's why I said <laughs> earlier. I do, do, I do stand by this statement until somebody gives me some metrics that can teach, that can say otherwise. I really do think there are more fucking weirdos and freaks per capita in Albuquerque than there are in New York City or L.A. And I don't mean that like by our artsy fartsy fuckers. I'm talking about people that will slit your fucking throat for the lint pocket if you don't watch your fucking ass. You know, it's funny. Like uh, uh, last year, I went to Chicago. It was my third time going to Chicago, and uh, I'm from I'm from the Clovis area, and uh, I had a friend that had just came back from college that was, lives in Clovis, and he's like, "Oh, you're going to Chicago? Be careful, man! It's it's a big city." And I said, "Don't." And worry. Did you just laugh in his face? Like I laughed really hardcore. I laughed, <laughs> and I said, "Man, I live in Albuquerque, dude. I walk around, and it's fine." And I went to Chicago. Now, now, granted, I I get it. I didn't go to the south side of Chicago, and you know, I <laughs> know I didn't. But like walking, I've been in cities, and I've I've visited friends, and they're like, "Where are you at?" And I'm like, "Oh, we're on this street." And they're like, "Oh my god, that's the worst part of town." And I'm like, "Oh, looks all right. <laughs> you know, it looks looks okay to me. <laughs> you know." And it's funny because I'm like, yeah, I'll take you to the war zone in Albuquerque and we'll see. What, or I'm sorry, the international district in Albuquerque and see, <laughs> if, if you're scared. Well, I, I found out the first time I went to SoCal, the first time I went to uh, San Diego, people from Albuquerque have like, like, oh, you're from Albuquerque? Oh, shit, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's an instant thing. They're all, 
oh, by the way, those are some Albuquerque kids over there, so like, don't fuck with them because they're nuts. Right. Uh, so it's Luke, a stigma for sure. Yeah. It's a stigma that I will fucking wear like a badge. Like, yeah. Oh, you're from Albuquerque. Maybe I should fucking step back and stop fucking spitting in your face while I'm trying to explain how fucking hard, how street I am. <laughs> right. Seriously. First time in San Diego, I didn't know we already had that stigma. But they're like, oh, shit, you're from Albuquerque? And I'm the nicest person in the world. But also, I would have beat them up. Yeah. Well, we had a, when I lived with my old roommate, one of the old co-hosts from this show, we had a, he had some friends that came into town and they were driving the little RV, like a small RV. And uh, we lived over in Martinez town that you mentioned earlier. And I was like talking to the people and I was like, Oh, you guys seem really cool. Where, where are you parking your, your RV tonight? You should park in front of our house and use our shower if you want. And they're like, well, no offense, but you guys live downtown and we've heard how dangerous downtown Albuquerque is. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Well, then where are you going to park it at? And they're like, well, you can park your RV in a Walmart parking lot and they don't care. And, uh, oh, I was like, oh, okay, okay. Which Walmart parking lot are you thinking about? And they're like, well, we were looking at uh, San Mateo and Central. (laughs) Oh, okay. And they're like, is that a good one? I was like, yeah, that's a great one. If you want to be decapitated and have your RV lit on fire. (laughs) Literally. That's literally the worst, worst part of town you could park your vehicle. But go ahead. Yeah, there used to be a Hollywood video there until someone just went in and killed every single person inside. Oh, that's right. I forgot and speaking about- of which, true consequences, their, their episode Segway. is about that. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, man. Yeah. I remember. So one of Joe's... Uh, uh, lackeys his name is Stu troy he hits up my roommate billy and i one night and he's like hey uh you guys busy and we're like no he's like you guys want to back me up i'm buying this soundboard for joe and i'm meeting oh. the and i want to make sure that it's like South valley, um, I bet. I bet no South valley. walmart parking lot on san mateo and central Oh, damn. And I'm like, dude, you fucking Fuck agreed to that. meet someone in the fucking parking lot here? Are you stupid? Both <laughs> do, Albert. No. And uh, and uh, we did it, and no problems. Yeah, we did. I mean, we got it. We bought it and everything. It was like a $2,000 fucking soundboard. And I was like, dude, someone's going to die tonight. We're going to get killed. <laughs> Not a fucking good idea. First of all, this is stolen. You know, oh, oh I have, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have a funny uh, observation. So I drove over to the El Rey liquor store. So there's a liquor store next to the El Rey now on the corner of Central and Seventh. And I went over there to nice. get some beer. And uh, you know, and my friends work there. And so I'm standing outside talking to them, and these two guys in a U-Haul start just blaring their horn, and they're shaking their fist, and like they're like going, "Yeah, yeah," and. Uh, I look at my friend and I'm like, do you think they just stole that? And they're pretty excited that they, you know, they got a U-Haul or, you know, cause the <laughs> U-Hauls are like, that's like, you know, that's, that's easily, uh, we lost Luke. Anyway, for people out there listening, if you drive through Albuquerque and you're in a U-Haul, do not stop. That is the one no. thing people steal here more than any Keep other. Going. If you park in a U-Haul at a hotel, it's gone. It's gone. 
And uh, so literally I was like, you think they just got that one? <laughs> like they just stole it because they're like honking and like, yeah. And I was like, well, they must have just got that one. They're excited. They've finally got a U-Haul. <laughs> I got a score. Strangely, sure. just now, the reason why you guys lost me. Yeah. The reason why you lost me for a second, my friend Adam Ford, who lives at Kirkland Air Force Base, uh-huh. just now tried to call me. And he's he's a seasoned actor. And he just did a film mm-hmm. down there called Inherited Earth. And had uh, some local... He had me write a song for the soundtrack. Okay. And he had uh, some local artists write some. I'm trying to give him a shout out. And I don't have my shit together. But oh, okay. do you mind if I give him a shout out? Yeah, we're, we're right at the end anyway. Yeah, Adam, Adam Ford. Ahead. It's, the, the movie's called Inherited Earth. And mm-hmm. it's uh, set in New Mexico. And it's written and directed. Well, written by Adam Ford. Directed by Ryan Smith, mm-hmm. written by Ryan Smith, but uh, starring Adam Ford. But he also did a video there with some local artists, and then a video up in Denver with me. And the, the, the reason why I'm bringing it up is that fucking damn serendipity, that that synchronicity that sometimes mm-hmm. happens with Albuquerque people. Oh yeah. Because mm-hmm. I doesn't know I'm. I think he might know I'm doing this podcast, but he's just now the reason why he lost contact with me is because he's hitting me up to talk about probably a new project. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> because of, of all the other shit I do, I also act in indie films. I've done twenty-two indie films by now. You have? Well, dang! But nice. the actor, man. Okay, I'm gonna stop fucking interrupting you guys. Can I ask you a question, though, Smiley? Are sure. You, you're, you're a native. You've been there for generations? Yeah. Uh, no, not for generations. I'm originally, My family's originally from Arkansas. Well, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been here my entire life. <clears throat> he might know your brother. Right on. Oh, that's true, actually. My brother was ahead of me. So uh, Matt Gregory uh, looks nothing like me. He's uh, 6'4", blonde hair, blue-eyed, kind of gothy back in the day, wore a trench coat <laughs> at one point. Uh, and then they owned a bar, Harlow's on the Hill. Ah, that was way after. Oh, okay. But Matt was around in the uh, late 80s, yeah. early 90s. Yeah. Like, he was at BO uh, and, like, UN afterwards. I don't know, maybe. Matt Gregory. Well, Doesn't fuck like hey, him, man. So it's not a good reference. But yeah, I've been in Albuquerque for a long time. What was so, your question? Just if you, if your family's been there forever, you know. Oh. But you're you're from Arkansas. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, still, you you lived there your whole life though. It's mm-hmm. only into the culture, I, and having traveled. We have to understand that this is a very dangerous place and no one else should go to. Am I correct? Yeah, if you haven't grown up here, I'll casually wander around. Okay. Here in Albuquerque? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, going, I'm just going with the narrative. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, you don't, yeah. Don't come here. 
<laughs> don't come. How about you, Holly? Holly Ann? Holly Ann, I need yes. your story. What's your story? Yeah. Oh, I have lived here my oh, whole when life. Did, when did you go to Albuquerque? Uh, I was born here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my dad moved here when he was 15. And my mom was born in Las Vegas, New Mexico. So she's hard as fuck. <laughs> oh, what, a, what a sweet, sweet, sweet place. <laughs> and I'm I'm from the eastern part of the state, and I moved here about uh, almost 14 years ago. So you're you said you're from Chris. Clovis. You said you're from Clovis okay. Portales area. Yeah. Okay, man. Yeah. The 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 Badlands of New Mexico. Like in the Johnny Cash song, through the Badlands of New Mexico. No, 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 not Johnny. Marty Marty Robbins. There you go. So, um, my family, my family actually has ties to Buddy Holly. Actually, so. Yeah. He grew up. He grew up in uh, Lubbock, which is like right across the border from Clovis. Uh, so he recorded all of his, uh, buddy hauling the crickets. They recorded in Clovis. Um, my grandmother's cousin was the guy who, who did all of the recording. Um, his name was Norman Petty. And so Norman Petty recorded buddy Holly and the crickets. And then buddy Holly with Waylon Jennings. Cause Waylon mm-hmm. Jennings was from Littlefield, Texas. And whenever buddy Holly was breaking away from the crickets, he was recording solo stuff and he made Waylon Jennings learn how to play the bass guitar. And so they were playing in Clovis. And, you know, so that's why when, whenever, uh, if you ever hear the story about Waylon Jennings, he was supposed to be the guy that was on the airplane when it crashed, but uh, he let um, Richie Valens have a seat. They supposedly flipped a coin. And as the story goes, uh, they flipped a coin. I, I've, heard, I've heard that story. What, how much gravitas is there to that? It's very true. So what happened was, is uh, uh, Richie, uh, uh, Buddy Holly walked up to Waylon and he goes, oh, I heard you have to ride the bus, right? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, well, I hope you freeze your ass off on the bus because the heater was broken. And Waylon turned to him and he goes, well, I hope your plane crashes. And oh, that stayed with Waylon Jennings for a long part of his life. Shooter Jennings talks about it and says uh, he he blamed himself for that until the shaman guy was talking to him and said, okay, if you have that much power, why don't you say, I hope that you're alive. And if you have that much power, he'll come back to life. And he's like, well, I don't he's like, well, then you don't have the power that you killed him. So, uh, so that, that helped him. But uh, when I was a kid growing up, you know, I didn't realize the the magnitude of like the Buddy Holly thing and rock and roll. I mean, if Buddy Holly wouldn't have died, I mean, Buddy Holly would be one of the biggest names in in, in music to this day. I mean, he still is. And um, I've told the story. I mean, you know, I don't know if you want to hear. I mean, I don't know. We we have very little time, but I have story. I have a really cool story about uh, Norman Petty when he died. Um, I think Luke froze. Uh oh. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I start moving around. Yeah, I told you guys. <laughs> uh, I told you guys that story about uh, Norman Petty when he died. Um, I don't remember. Okay, so I'll tell the story, and that we'll we'll end right there. 
So um, when I was a kid, Norman died. And before he died, like, every, you know, the city was very, like, aware of the whole studio. They turned they turned the studio into a museum. It's still a museum right now. You can go walk, in, walk through it. And it's, oh, cool. it, it's in the same shape it was when Buddy Holly and the Crickets recorded there and Waylon Jennings. So and you've never taken us. No, yeah. I haven't. I have not. I, I've, I've actually <laughs> never been. Um, we should go. We should. Um, well, my family doesn't live there anymore. So anyway, <laughs> so uh, he dies, right? And everybody had thought he was retired because he had this house out. He, you know, stopped recording built this huge home outside of town with this little, little house behind it. And um, so everybody just thought he lived out there. Well, the whole thing is, is it was like this two story house. Um, and the truth was it wasn't, it was a three story house. So Norman Petty had this three story house. Sorry, outside. It's okay. So I'm telling the story about when Norman Petty passed away. So Norman Petty, everybody thought he would retired and was no longer recording musicians. The guy who recorded Buddy Holly, and he had this two-story house. We lost him again, and uh, so anyway, he dies. And my grandmother is, was his cousin, so I'm at her house. They call him, call her, and they're like, "Hey, we're trying to set. A, uh, we're trying to figure out where to put people for the funeral." And we're calling family and we're seeing if you have extra rooms and we're trying to put people up and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, you know, I'm like 11 or 12. And they're Mm -hmm. like, and uh, my grandma's like, sure. And they're like, well, you know, whoever you put in your house, you just, you can't really say who it is. And she's like, okay, well, who would it be? And they're like, well, we need a room for Michael Jackson and George Harrison. Holy shit. Yeah. So what was going on is, is like Norman was having, he had this studio built in the bottom of his house, like in the basement and people would fly into Lubbock to, 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 and he would send a car and they would pick him up and it was an hour and a half drive and they would stay in the little house behind his and then record in his basement. Cause he was the guy that recorded buddy Holly, you know? Oh. <laughs> so these legends would come in. So I don't no one really, I mean, other than his wife, Vi, who also passed away, knows who was there to you know record so who knows that's crazy right very crazy um so let's go ahead and uh and close it down here um holly ann what do you have to promote i just have to promote my resin art uh it's called holly's tiny things and uh they are indeed very tiny things and you can purchase them you can find me on instagram at holly underscore tiny things because i'm not the only holly that has tiny things and uh, I, you can find me on Etsy as Holly's Tiny Things. And that oh. does not have an underscore. <laughs> nice. And uh, James, what do you have? Um, yeah, as per usual, just uh, my NBC stuff, uh, The Brave. I always forget about that one. And uh, Midnight Texas on Netflix. Uh, you can see me in the background on Daybreak, which is also a great Nice. Uh, uh, as a podcast, we're members of the Borellas Podcasters Guild, and uh, you can go to BorellasPodcastersGuild.com and you can join if you're if you want to make if you want to learn if you are in the Albuquerque area and you want to learn how to do a podcast. Uh, we have memberships available. Um, we teach classes. We did an advanced editing class yesterday, and it was a two hour class, and I think it was excellent. Um, 
other than that, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep him back up. Or actually, let me bring him back in. Um, other than that, let's see if we can get Luke back here for a second. Luke, we're just uh, we're just shutting down. Um, do you have time? You want to tell people where they can get your well, book and? Uh, can you hear us? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you guys so damn much for yeah, no talking to me about my hometown, and I miss I miss it a lot, man. I fucking miss intelligent people, and I would love to like get it. And you guys a little bit more, <laughs> yeah. Because I've basically just been blabbering, but no, it's I love fun. listening to you guys, and I love your podcast. So thanks a lot. Uh, you yeah. can get the culture at uh, lukeschmaltz.com, l-u-k-e-s-c-h-m-a-l-t-z.com, and um, Holly Ann, oh. Smiley, Chris. I really, really appreciate it, man. It makes me feel That's so cool, damn good to talk to fellow. Daniels. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Holiday at the at the Yeah. Yeah. Very cool, man. Uh, it's it's been a great honor to have you on the show. Thank you for the book, the CD, and the in the record, man. He sent me a little forty-five, and this thing is dope as shit, man. I mean, look at this little cool thing, man. That's, That's dope. Awesome. Uh, and I have vinyl, so I mean, so, I, I have a record. So. Holly Ann, uh, Smiley, Smiley, Holly Ann, send me your address on uh, shit book, and I'll I will <laughs> mail you shit tomorrow. I'll mail nice. you guys uh, copies of the Belcher and some CDs and some vinyl. Awesome! You know, I, Great stuff, I merch, man. <laughs> I'm, does I'm he gonna, does? I'm an old school Burkano. I'm 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 like at the I'm I'm like the same guy tonight after a Fort Hills tirade, <laughs> LSD inspired thief trip. Now I'm at the fucking and you're not, you guys. I don't consider this format a flea market by any means. No, <laughs> but no. I'm still that same guy, Hawking and Russell's. <laughs> and anyone anyone that remembers bo is good in my book nice but uh thank you for being on the yeah, show I opened, uh, yeah, like i said go ahead wait who uh, luke <laughs> yeah all right well, i want to thank you for being on the show uh we do our show here every sunday from 6 to 8 p.m uh, live on tendrinkminimum.com. We have a YouTube channel. We have our facebook.com forward slash tendrink and we have our Instagram. So add all those cool things. Uh, once again, thanks, J. Luke Schmaltz. Check out the Belcher, his book. Um, he's a writer for uh, uh, Modern Record Magazine and he's in a band called King Rat and you can, you can Google that and you can buy all the music and uh, if you like punk rock, it's definitely it's awesome stuff. I've been jamming it out. So Check all that stuff out. And then, you know, check out our show here every Sunday night. And uh, other than, uh, you know, all the blood puddles and the car fires, <laughs> medical waste, we love it here. And with that, we are. 10 drink. Minimum. <laughs> <laughs>